hotties. Welcome back to Bedrock Thoughts. I'm your host, On Ping. And this is the podcast where we talk about everything and anything under the stars. I really need to stop singing. You know, <laughs> I need to be kind to myself. Let's not stop anything. Let's keep doing it. We are going to cause chaos in every turn that we take. <laughs> We're not going to apologize. <laughs> We're not going to stop. <laughs> I was going to say that I need to stop singing stars, but I'm just, you know, I'm just very socially awkward. And sometimes that results in me singing things that should not be sung. Also, <laughs> so <laughs> um, back in the day. <laughs> before um the ethics of it all i took a dna test <laughs> i took a genetic test uh 23andme am i allowed am i allowed to i'm not sponsored by anyone okay <laughs> i can say brand names <laughs> um i took a 23andme test and so you know they have my dna in it's forever locked in a vault somewhere, and one day if I get cloned, I get cloned. Um, I personally don't really care enough, but maybe I should in case I, um, I don't know. I don't know what would, uh, maybe I'll commit a crime or something and they can pull my DNA out of the vault and frame me. It's, it's fine. If I commit a crime that serious, just get rid of me get rid of me. It's not, it's not hard. Okay. Anyways, my DNA is locked in a vault somewhere, but basically I tested like ancestry, um, just cause, you know, I was just kind of curious. Um, I don't really know too much about my family and like how far back we go. I mean, recently I've kind of learned a little more, but at the time, I mean, I was in like what high school and I didn't know that much, so I was like, hmm, this will be kind of fun. And they were having, like, a Christmas deal, and so I was like, let me just buy this for myself, and let me, like, put me and, you know, the rest of my family's, I mean, because your genetic genetic info is also your family, so I was like, let me just put me and my family's genetic histories out there for anyone to take. So I took the test. I sent the uh, saliva sample back. And they, um, yeah, you know, my ancestry is very uninteresting. I'm ethnically Chinese. Um, nationality, I mean, obviously, Taiwanese American. Um, <laughs> we've been new. <laughs> I didn't learn anything, but also with this like Christmas deal that I signed myself up for, they also tested like your health, like your health genetics. And the point of, I'm getting there, the point of the story is to say that on the genetics test, it says that apparently um, there's a genetic marker for whether or not you can match pitch. And for me, it's a 50-50 chance. <laughs> So 50% of the time, I am on tune and I sing what I want to sing. 
the other 50% of the time, you get whatever you get. <laughs> so don't let me um, do karaoke <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. In my head, I'll think I sound good, but in reality, 50% of the time, it sounds like the song. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair on myself, <laughs> I am musically trained. I do have experience with instruments, um, with singing. I can, I can match pitch, I think like realistically like with you know environmental um influences 70 percent of the time <laughs> like with just my genetics it's like 50 percent with you know my added influence and you know me playing instruments and all that 70 percent yeah <laughs> I don't sound good. That's why I don't sing on here. Otherwise, this would be like karaoke with me rather than like a spiral with me episode. There's a reason for everything. Anyways, y'all, we almost did not get an episode this week. Your girl, your girl got took out. Okay. I, um, you know, it was Thanksgiving weekend, once again, fifth year in a row, I don't have Thanksgiving with my family, I'm taken in as a stray by someone else's family. It was great. Next day, I'm feeling good. I take a walk, you know, I get a lot of steps in. I, um, I think I walked about, like, oh, shoot, I just converted the units on my, like, Apple fitness thingy you know where it like counts your steps and like how many miles you walk i just turned it to kilometers because i really want to learn the metric system <laughs> so i couldn't tell you how many kilometers that is but i think mm, four no it's got to be more than that no four kilometers doesn't seem that much okay <laughs> loading please um wait <laughs> no four kilometers is not a lot so on monday your girl walked 9.93 kilometers which is fifteen thousand steps and i climbed 15 flights of stairs i was getting my exercise in and i you know i was in the park i read a cute book i was feeling good the the temperature was so nice and so, no, I'm feeling good. I walk a little further. I, you know, I'm heading towards the the um, MRT station. And I see a uh, egg tart stand. <laughs> egg tarts smell divine, especially when they're fresh out of the oven. Ooh, girl. So I had to stop. I stopped. I bought um, half a dozen, I bought six egg tarts. I carry it home, la-di-da, carry it home, um, give one to my grandma, eat one, and then I leave the rest in the fridge. So that's one of the things I ate. 
Number two of the things that I ate. Um, grandma's baozi. Um, baozi is like... Uh, see, in English, you all call everything dumplings. If it's dough wrapped with something else, unless it's ravioli, y'all call it dumplings. If you don't know what it is, you call it dumplings. So all I can tell you is steamed dumplings. But in Chinese, it's baozi. So my grandma makes baozi. It's freshly steamed. I'm hungry, okay? It's been a long day. I scarf down three when I would usually eat two. I'm full. I'm about to literally combust. And that was what I ate that day. I ate other things, like other like snackies, but you know, these two things are our main culprits here. Next day, Tuesday rolls around. Today is um I'm recording this on Thursday. So two days ago, <laughs> I wake up head throbbing. I'm literally so weak. My stomach churning I want to die <laughs> like my back aches and like everything just like hurts and then stomach starts gurgling um I run to the bathroom I throw up I'm pretty sure okay so we're we're just gonna do a little bit of like detective work here we're like process of elimination right so we have two culprits here because you know we have eggs and egg tarts or we have the the meat and the dumplings right i think i'm pretty positive i got food poisoning so of those two okay i was kind of trying to eliminate you know, other potential possibilities. And I don't really see any other possibilities. So first for the egg tarts. I bought six, right? I ate one. The other five were eaten by either grandma or aunt. Grandma and aunt ate the rest of them. I only ate one. Those two are fine, okay? My aunt is at work. My grandma is doing about her daily routine. Um, I was not. <laughs> I was not okay. So I don't think there were egg tarts and also like the tops of the egg tarts were like flamed. You know when it's like um, caramelized at the top? So they took like a literal blowtorch and like torched the top of it. So I'm like, Okay, the likeliness of it being egg tarts is probably very slim. You know, I'm sure they also, you know, it's also baked and all all that. So next culprit, the baozi. <laughs> oh, man. My grandma, love her to death. She cooks well for the most part. Sometimes her food is quite bland, but also, you know, I think it's healthy. 
but she also like just steamed the baozi, right? She doesn't always eat her own cooking immediately. Like she'll cook it for me and then she'll leave it out for me to eat. And then maybe like dinner time, she'll eat it. So she like kind of is behind by like a meal. She'll let me eat first and then she'll like wait until later to eat the rest. My my theory is that Grandma didn't exactly steam the baozi like all the way through. I also, I mean, as far as I could tell when I was eating it, it tasted fine. But you know when like meat like browns really fast, but also you're not supposed to like eat it immediately when it browns? I don't know what I'm trying to get at this, but like it's steamed and it's not like roasted or like grilled. There's no like direct fire to it. It's basically just like hot steam cooking it. Grandma and aunt are fine, right? But they also eat later. They don't eat it when it's directly like out of the steamer. I eat it when it's directly out of the steamer. My thought is that it may not have cooked all the way through and that grandma and aunt are fine because they re-microwave everything. And when they like re-microwave things, they like heat it up like very thoroughly. It's not like a oh, like, let me heat it up until it's, like, lukewarm. No, they, like, their thing's, like, piping hot. So they, like, basically recook it in the microwave. So that's my theory as to why I think they're fine and why I was not fine. <laughs> but, yeah, um, threw up, body hurt, head hurt, basically slept the whole day. Um, Yeah, that was quite fun. And just today, I finally feel somewhat um human again i've been kind of getting myself to eat i've been surviving i went to 7-eleven because i just like i don't know like the smell of like cooking was really making me nauseous and so i had to eat more like packaged foods without a very strong smell i've been surviving off of um fruit uh, Japanese chocolate and uh, Korean turtle chips <laughs> and plain white rice. I currently am eating uh, cold white rice. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been enjoyable. But good thing with food poisoning is that it you know it happens really fast and also goes away pretty fast. So. I feel fine now, but also, I start Chinese classes tomorrow, and here I am, crawling from my room as the shell of a human I am, to attend Chinese classes. Yeah, this will be quite interesting. If I die tomorrow, I'll let you know. Um, oh yeah, 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 Thanksgiving, so much fun. I haven't had, like, a night where like you stay up super super late and you just like play games but we literally played board games until like 3 4 a.m every night so much fun we played like exploding kittens we also played um 
Risk, if you know that game, it's like a low-key like a game version of like empire building. So you like build your empire and you like conquer lands. It was a little a little too close to home, you know, like like we I felt like history was being played out in real time as we were playing this game. It was a little brutal to watch. Um but yeah, it was a fun game, but we yeah, played for I think almost 6 hours and didn't decide on a winner and so we just had to call it quits at 3 a.m. Yeah, but I haven't done that in quite a while, so it was a lot of fun. Um I don't know, something about like good old board games kind of reminds me of uh simpler times. Speaking of simpler times, do we remember 2012? (laughs) I remember in a previous episode, I was kind of going on a rant about like Gangnam Style and my introduction to K-pop. I say previous episode, but I think that was probably the last episode. Yeah. (laughs) Short-term memory. Anyways, 2012. So I felt like my 2012 was defined by the Olympics. I was in swimming. Call me maybe. Um, The USA swimming team also did like a cover of Call Me Maybe. Don't know if y'all remember that, but it went viral. Um, Y'all remember the Harlem Shake? (laughs) The end of the world. We all thought 2012 would be the end of the world. There was that whole movie that came out about about it um has anyone watched that movie i don't think i've watched that movie it just seemed a little too much it felt a little like fear mongery to me uh gangnam style of course 2012 what else was in 2012 wild west of youtube i don't know this is like all that i can remember of 2012 Okay, but here's our topic for today. Going back into the historical archives of the internet, we find Kony 2012, which very much defined my 2012. Yes, I think personally that 2012 was like the end of the Wild West era of the internet because I kind of define that the the um, Wild West era as like 2008 to like 2012. It's like a pretty solid like four year span when like the internet was still very accessible. Um, I think particularly for me is defined by YouTube. Um, like Fred uh, Shane Dawson. Did PewDiePie start around that time? I don't know. Like the the Vivo music videos at that time. Call me maybe. Yeah. So I remember watching this Coney 2012 video and feeling so passionate about it that i drew coney 2012 in big bold bubble letters on a giant whiteboard that i had in our living room and it stayed up for at least a whole year and 
all that I remember happening was that something happened to the person who was like the face of the campaign and then everything just like stopped. Like all the news about Coney 2012 just like stopped. And I I don't exactly remember like what happened to that person. I just remember like I didn't hear about it and then like kind of forgot and didn't really look up what happened exactly except until now um until recently when I was like what the what the heck happened with Coney 2012 like what was what was the point of that so I'm here for all of you curious people who are also a part of this shenanigan um yeah we're gonna do a little brief rundown and yeah, big thank you to, um, as always, Reddit <laughs> and the internet historian on YouTube. I got a pretty good idea of what exactly went down and what the heck happened to Coney 2012. It was basically this wildfire campaign that just blew up overnight. Crazy viral, like, um, short a uh, documentary like um i don't know what was the in the eyes of an angel <laughs> um those types of videos <laughs> that kind of esque video as like a yeah imagine that going viral basically and then like completely vanishes within the span of like I don't know, like a week or so. A couple weeks? First of all, who is Kony? Kony is the name of Ugandan warlord. His full name is Joseph Kony. Despite what I thought a few years ago, he's actually real. And he does some fucked up shit. He founded the Lord's Resistance Army, the LRA, which is classified as a terrorist organization by the United Nations. He was also one of the most wanted militant warlords in the entire continent of Africa. So he's a he's a he's a big dude. Big dude in like the sense that he is like a Luffy from One Piece. He's been indicted for war crimes and crimes against humanity. And the worst part, you may ask, what the, what the fuck did this dude do for him to be indicted for war crimes and crimes against humanity? Well, he's been accused of abducting children to train as soldiers and to also, you know, become sex slaves. Basically. So between 1986 and 2009, they estimated that 66,000 children became soldiers and 2 million people were displaced by the LRA. So they did some like major damage and they're also just very, very messed up. But Kony's whole goal was to overthrow the Ugandan government and impose a theocracy. But not just any old theocracy, okay? Uh-uh. He made up his own religion 
basically this religion. It's a big mashup of a whole bunch of religions, which includes Christianity, mysticism, and a Koli tradition. He wanted to base his new theocratic state on the Ten Commandments, which is like, okay, out of all the things that he's done, if you base your state, your religious state, on the Ten Commandments, Homie is probably already broken like eight of those commandments. Like, it, like I'm pretty sure thou shalt not murder is like one of them. And then the other one's like, um, don't covet. Or I'm sure, yeah. I think to be convicted of like crimes against humanity, you probably have already broken a big chunk of the Ten Commandments. But, like any good cult leader, you claim that you're God's messenger, and that's exactly what he did. He said, I'm God's messenger, and I'm able to be possessed by spirits, but not just any spirits, spirits from different cultures, and one of the spirits that he's possessed by is actually from Chinese culture, which is so random. So again, his religion, big mashup of a bunch of random shit. And he also gets possessed by spirits from a bunch of random cultures. He also, one of the, the myths that he tells his soldiers is that before battle, they should draw crosses on their chests with oil because it protects them from bullets. Which, I'm not sure how well that worked out, but um, I'm assuming it, it didn't. He also practiced polygamy, had 60 wives, and 42 kids. Yeah. Oh, he's still alive, by the way. He's still alive and well. Did I forget to mention that? <laughs> Homie is still alive. He is not gone. I was using past tense to get you, but he's still out there. He's supposedly hiding in the jungles of Sudan. But his forces are so small, um, maybe about like a hundred soldiers, that he's actually, he's no longer labeled as like a big threat to Uganda. He's still a threat, just not like a big one. So he's kind of like getting knocked down their um, priority task list. But despite how crazy this man is, this is not even, he's not the main point of this whole Coney 2012 thing, which is really hard to believe. But he's like, he's like the subject of Coney 2012. I mean, it uses his name. Coney should be the subject of Coney 2012, but he is not the main character. So let me explain. So March 5th, 2012, there's this charity called Invisible Children. They publish a cinematic, heart-wrenching, 30-minute video on YouTube titled Coney 2012. So what I remember about the video um, I think it's since been taken down, but people I'm sure have reposted it. Uh, but from what I remember about the watching the video 
back in the day, back in the day, back in my day, um, it was talking about Coney and kind of saying this whole thing of like the whole narrative was like this dude is one of the most wanted men in the world, if not the most wanted man in the world, and no one knows about him. How could you not know about him? He is on the top of every um, FBI, CIA, uh, world government, secret spy agency top uh, watch list, and you don't know about him? Which, like, to be fair, pretty true, especially, like, Americans... We Americans, we're very ignorant. We don't really know what's going on in the rest of the world unless it involves us. So they include montages, um, stereotypically, of sad African children. And then a clip of a little white boy. And they talk about this white boy. And it's like, um, you know here's this little white boy that we should save and these sad African children that we should save. And the guy at the front of this kind of trending video, trending topic, is this white dude, um, Jason Russell. Oh, man. His son is the little white boy that shows up in the video. Jason says that he has a vision of of the world where his son doesn't have to worry about people like Coney, where we all stood on the right side of history and captured Coney. Bro, I don't even want to get into how weird the storytelling is now that I'm kind of looking back on it, but the action item from the video was basically like, um, Coney is an evil dude who's who we don't know, and we need to bring him into the spotlight, and we need people to know his name so that he can be captured. So like, share, comment, subscribe to the channel uh, for Coney to face the light of day, and also justice. Boom, boom. But let's get into this Jason Russell guy, because he decided to use his own child as leverage for virality. Jason Russell, he is a Christian, hey, California Valley dude, if that gives you any context. He and his buddies took a trip to Uganda in 2003 to look for something to film. He's a filmmaker, by the way. He has this whole dramatic story about how a car in front of him got shot down by the LRA, which is uh, not true. They stumble upon refugee camps of Ugandan children. And for years after this trip, this this um, site just like is ingrained in his brain and he just can't stop talking about it and he makes video after video for youtube to try to trend it um and many of those flop and they're quite embarrassing actually um there's one where he like dresses up and tries to make like a uh is it a parody i don't know what it is but he's like doing some like in sync uh dance and song for um to raise awareness about Coney. It's quite embarrassing. But Coney 2012, this dramatic docu 
uh, video is his big kind of uh, five seconds of fame. Literally five seconds of fame. So, here's another date. So, 420. April 20th, 2012. It is what they're calling Cover the Night. And for $20, you can buy your own Kony 2012 kit. It comes with a button, stickers, a bracelet, and posters. So on the night of 20, uh, on the, uh, da, 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 April 20th, you're supposed to take the posters and the stickers. And instead of getting lit, you light your suburban streets up with ugly red, white, and blue posters for Kony 2012. I'm sure if you, you look on uh, Google, you can see how um, nasty these posters look. Also, why are they red, white, and blue? Like, how, like, how, why, why? I have so many questions. Like, does this have anything to do with patriotism or, like, I, I don't, I don't understand. I think that's how you can tell how, like, targeted this video is. And how, like, um, I I guess Amerocentric this whole, like, campaign is. But, Kony 2012. Huge success. 100 million views in the first six days. Which, like, back in, like, Wild West YouTube days, that's, like, crazy. I mean, now it's, like, uh... <laughs> you freaking bts can get 100 million views in like 24 hours which is like literally insane but i think they've broken that record but consider this like i mean 2012 youtube at its like height of wild not everyone is using youtube but also like everyone is aware of youtube 100 million views in six days is like insane like, their website stopped working because so many people were on it. And Invisible Children, like, the organization, raised over $20 million. A lot of money. But here's the flip side. Literally a few days after the video went viral, the news was saying how oversimplified the conflict in Uganda was portrayed. And also, how the video left out important facts. <laughs> And even people from Uganda were speaking up about how the video seemed to miss important information. And the freaking Ugandan prime minister also had to make his own video to diss the Kony 2012 video. You know, you know what important info they missed? Important info like how Kony wasn't even in Uganda and hadn't been since six years before the film was made. So this whole film that is like, we need to spotlight Kony and save Ugandan children from him. And Kony hasn't even been in Uganda for six years. But what was the real nail in the coffin was this video that this random girl made with like millions of views basically saying that she thought Kony was already dead and her information source for that, for Kony being dead, was her mother. <laughs> she said, 
I was telling my mom about, this isn't a quote, this is me summarizing. She was saying, I was telling my mom about this Coney 2012 thing, and she said, isn't he dead? That was the video that she made. Everyone believed her. This is what I mean by the wild west of the internet. People believed anything on the internet, okay? This was that time. So this random girl that said that her mom said that Coney was dead, everyone believed her. And so this was actually, she was, that was not right, Coney, because Coney is still alive, even today. But everyone ran with it. So you had half the internet thinking that Coney was already dead. And now the whole campaign was, you know, painted as like a massive scam. Jason Russell, our our favorite white dude, practically became a internet sensation overnight. It was like um, Alex from Target or uh, Daniel with the white vans. He did nonstop interviews, and I think he said he even did uh, like 17 interviews in 48 hours, which is like insane. He was also getting texts nonstop. Um, you know, all of these things, all the criticism, the hate, the lack of sleep, the attention, you already know what this is a formula for. It's a formula for insanity. And this is why celebrities go crazy. I genuinely believe that celebrities cannot be right in the head. And I, normal people do not do well with this level of attention and pressure, especially with the presence of the internet. The internet is this all, you know, encompassing force that is constantly active. It will not shut up and it just like leeches its way into normal daily life. And when you're internet famous, I just can't imagine the amount of pressure, this whole other awareness of being perceived on a different level. Um that is beyond the physical, I, yeah, mind-boggling. But Jason Russell goes crazy. He is filmed in San Diego. This video was sold to TMZ by the person who filmed it. Um, Jason Russell is in San Diego, butt-naked, rambling and pacing on the sidewalk he has completely lost it he's like he's like throwing his hands up and like slamming them on the ground he's literally like i'm not kidding you like his his whole his whole ass whole ass is hanging pacing around looks like he did a load of crack he gets taken to the hospital, but, you know, what's been filmed has been filmed. It's been sold to TMZ. The video of him going crazy goes viral, too. 
He gets taken to the hospital and he runs around the hospital in his underwear because he thinks the nurses are trying to kill him. He gets tranquilized and it takes him two weeks to recover from psychosis. So this is the amount of like pressure and like attention and just like I think it it literally messes you up mentally. I think like fame in this sort of way, fame and attention like messes you up like this to the point that it takes him two weeks to recover. So after this all happens, it's not even April 20th yet. Okay, the video goes viral, was released, Coney 2012 was released in March 5th. Jason Russell goes crazy, and it's not even April 20th yet. So, okay, so what happened with April 20th? Cover the night. Like, were the streets filled with posters and banners and what? what did Coney get the attention that he's supposed to get? Cover the night flopped so hard, okay? I think because of, A, the video that the random girl made saying that Coney was dead, and B, just, like, Jason Russell's, like, look and his fast kind of downfall. So on Facebook, thousands of people were registered for Cover the Night. You know, they all bought their $20 kit. They're ready to go. But in actuality, when April the 20th pulled up, 10, like 10 people would show up for each of the locations. So there are like photos on the internet that people took who of like people marching the streets in DC, changing their profile photos on Facebook to like Coney 2012, like people getting tattoos. Like, yes, people did that, but the actual like big event was very, very sad. And Invisible Children also got called a fraud organization and basically got completely canceled. Um, I think people were also kind of questioning like Invisible Children and what they were doing with the funds. And I'm not sure how much information is available on that, but people were like, you got a lot of money in like a few days. What did you do with it? So... I do want to credit the internet historian for this random bit of info, but this was just, like, too good not to um, talk about. So, Luis Moreno Ocampo, he is the chief He is the chief prosecutor for the International Criminal Court, the ICC. He is featured in the Coney 2012 video. And basically, if Coney were to be caught, the ICC would be in charge of him um, and also charge him (laughs) for his crimes. So Ocampo, the chief prosecutor, his emails get leaked and they found the craziest shit in his emails. His plan was to lure Coney out of the jungle with an invitation to dinner but oh, but not not just by anyone, okay? Not not any old um any old uh uh Teddy Tom uh Toodaloo, okay? He was he was going to use Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt 
to bait Coney out of the jungle with a dinner invitation so that they could capture him. Ocampo also tried to recruit George Clooney to fly his spy satellite over Libya. And you're probably asking why. Why does George Clooney have spy satellites? But it turns out that George Clooney was partnering with a spy satellite company to spy on El-Bashar of Sudan. The messes that celebrities get themselves involved in, like, if you have money, why is your first instinct to, maybe not your first instinct, but why is the eventual instinct to go to spy satellites? Anyways, that's my funny tidbit. Let's just say they didn't do any of those. Ocampo is a, a bit of a a wild card. He he's something else. But end of the story. Jason Russell and Invisible Children, they got their fame. Um Invisible Children is was canceled and is currently not very active anymore, but I think they still release some videos on some other, you know, activist topics. Jason Russell is still very into activism. Coney still on the loose, um, though not a huge threat. He doesn't have many followers anymore. Yeah, that is the end of the story. Coney 2012, a random rise to fame in massive fall from fame and the moral of the story is i guess be careful what you wish for like jason russell wanted his um fame and then that didn't turn out well for him he couldn't handle it and i don't know just many many things wrong with it information not even correct like i don't know viralness is not exactly the most fun thing so i hope you enjoyed this internet history debrief it was definitely a summary if you'd like more information on coney 2012 feel free to search the depths of reddit um Reddit is very interesting, as I think we can all agree, and I will be pulling more inspiration from Reddit. But let me know, did you know about Coney 2012? Were you involved? Did you, I don't know, did you show up for their, for their, um, cover the night event what what happened like did you were you also into it did you believe it did you believe the girl who said that um her mom said that coney was dead whose side were you on i just like watched the video and then was passionate about it and then just didn't really follow through so here i am wrapping it all up for myself 20 12 to now how what's it been 11 years 11 years later love you guys love you thoughties stay safe out there and i'll catch you next time bye